Welcome to the Beyond Mom podcast, the podcast for moms seeking connection to self while navigating the journey of motherhood. Get inspired with our practical tools, soulful conversations, and honest stories told by other women like you. From entrepreneurship to healthy living to style, Beyond Mom will spark you to live the thriving life you deserve. And now, join our host, Brandy Zinn, as she takes you Beyond Mom. Hello, and welcome to On Air with Beyond Mom. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a place for you to find inspiring conversation, electrifying information, and the kind of women that I know you want to inspire you and to be your friends, because those are the kinds of women that I love to interview, women who inspire me, have done amazing things, and are doing the dance of mom and self-development and business building. So I'm here today with a profoundly interesting person. Her name is Anne Choquette. You may know her name. She has a fascinating bio that I could read through, but I think it's most interesting to just dive into conversation, and we're going to learn more about her here. So here she is. Hi, Anne. Hi. So excited to be here. Thank you. Yes. I'm so glad that you're here. I'll just tell a few things about you because I think that they're important to know. Anne is a senior media executive who has had some really special titles along her career. She was editor-in-chief of Seventeen Magazine, Cosmo Girl. She's built some of the most well-known media outlets for young women in the past few decades. I know that I have followed her over the course of many years, and the impact that she's had on women's lives are real and felt. Recently, recently, her big accomplishment is her book, The Big Life. And we're going to talk a lot about this book in our conversation today. And I had the privilege of going to her book launch party recently and just to get to experience the power of the content of this book. Anne has been speaking all around town for many years. She's been on most media outlets. So let's just say... She knows her stuff. (laughs) She knows her stuff. I know my stuff. Thank you. She knows her stuff. And I think it's important to say here that she is also a mom of two small children. So she is literally speaking the speak. She is walking the walk. And we're going to dive into all of it today. So I would love to start, Anne, with hearing a little bit about your personal evolution of, you know, working in the media world and really having this focus on millennial women and feeling so passionate throughout your entire career of supporting the lives of women and and how and why that's been so dear to your heart. So I didn't know that that would be so meaningful to me. When I started out in business, I started out as a reporter at the American Lawyer magazine, which was phenomenal journalism education, but not that the core to my interests and my being. From The American Lawyer, I went to a teen magazine, and then I went to go launch Cosmo Girl. And it was there that I realized how meaningful it would be to talk to young women about becoming the person that they're meant to be. And when I became editor-in-chief of Seventeen, it was a phenomenal opportunity to shape that conversation, to really tap into what was happening with young women, to understand to and to guide them 
The Big Life, the book that I've written, is a continuation of that conversation. The women who grew up with me at Cosmo Girl and at 17, you know, we talked through all these complicated, tricky, itchy emotions about growing into the woman that you know you can be. And so I don't know why that stops when you're 20 and your subscription to 17 ends. And so I wanted to continue the conversation because in your 20s and 30s, the stakes are even higher, right? The, the, it's even more complicated. There's fewer people who are helping you and you have no safety net, right? It's all you. You've got to figure this out. And when I first started on my book journey, I said, well, I know a lot of things. I'm going to write them down. It's going to be a book. This is going to be great. I said, well, wait, there's a couple of things I didn't know about. I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about relationships, grown-up relationships or sex when I was at 17. And so I said, all right, great. I'm going to invite some women over for pizza and wine, and we're going to talk about relationships and sex. And so I invited one young woman, and I said, bring a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. It's New York City dining room table. That was all that we could really fit. And we had pizza, frozen pizza, and many bottles of rosé. And we talked about relationships and men for about five minutes. And then the rest of the conversation, we talked about ambition and dreams and hopes and feeling stuck and toxic bosses and sabotaging coworkers. And we talked about knowing that you have so much more to offer the world and just not knowing how to make your mark. And at the end of that dinner my brain was on fire. Like I thought I couldn't believe the depth of the conversation. And I went to into, into my husband, my husband and my kids sort of went away for my dinner. And I went into my husband and I said, oh my God, this was amazing. I have to do it again. And so I did. And over the course of two years, I probably had two dozen plus dinners. And I've had hundreds of women around my dining room table at this point. And the conversation has evolved from me delivering advice to creating a sisterhood, a community of women who all want to help each other through the trickiest bits of becoming the woman that you're meant to be. It's so powerful. I mean, it's so incredibly powerful. I so resonate with that experience when you bring women together. And it's like your heart and your mind kind of explode because you realize how much potential is sitting right there in front of you and you want to do everything to support it. And how many things we don't say to each other. You know, the conversation around my dining room table is not the kind of thing that you can talk about with your boss. It's not the kind of thing you really make time with your best friends. You're not sitting with your best friend saying, like, let's talk about our ambitions and the things that are standing in our way. You're like, let's just hang out and have a glass of wine. <laughs> it's not stuff you can talk about with your mother, probably, right? Because it's the, she doesn't understand the nuances and the way the game has changed. One of the dinners I did, I think that you'll be most interested interested in was a dinner I call the Rockstar Moms. And this was a table of women who had very high-powered careers, really high up in their industries, but they all had new babies, right? They all had toddlers at home. And then, frankly, the most stunning part of this whole dinner was that they showed up, right? It was a Tuesday night, seven o'clock, and they had to figure out how to get their work done, get their husband or their babysitter to stay late, their kids, nobody's kid got sick. It was kind of a miracle. And I actually had, I think that dinner was like maybe eight or 10 women. And I couldn't believe they all showed up and stayed, right? Stayed late because the conversation was something that they had never really talked about before with each other or with anybody else about how do you navigate a career when you have 
when you also have this pull on your time and attention and your heart, right? How do you, how do you find room for all of it? Because it's something that comes up at every dinner, right? Will I have to take my foot off the gas of my career when I have children, when I have a family? And it's women who are 21, 24, 28, 32, like all women are live in fear of this moment, right? Of how their life will change when they have kids. So this table of women, the rock star moms, what I loved about them the most was how having children had not dampened their ambition, did not feel like a drain on their energy. I mean, they were tired, but they were focused, right? They were laser focused on achieving. And in fact, they were focused on achieving, working smarter, not harder, because you don't have hours in the day and you can't say yes to every breakfast or every cocktail party, right? You need to be strategic about where and how you're spending your time. And that was my biggest takeaway was that they were phenomenally strategic in how they built that phase of their life. They had, you know, it had been, and not on their own, right? They all had partners that they were working through these tricky bits. And that was actually really important was having a partner who wanted to make it work. So these millennial young women, it's interesting. I find I'm, I'm like kind of like right on the edge of millennial mm. and X. I think that's what I am. And I feel that unfortunately, these millennial women who are navigating, I would say so soulfully and asking such deep questions kind of get a bad rap sometimes. And I feel like I really heard some of the, um, the concern around those things come out and some of the things that you spoke about. And what I loved is that you gave some really wonderful tools of how to embrace that drive for ambition and that drive for connection and in such a positive way. Like I'll give an example. Um, you talked about the young woman who comes in and after nine months says, I'm ready for a promotion. And then you said, well, let's slow down. And instead of saying, oh, she thinks she deserves everything in sort of a negative sense, saying this young woman has, you know, big dreams. And how can we support the fact that she's coming in and, and really wants a lot for herself? Like, where is the balance between reality check and support? And what I think is so powerful about that idea, and I'd love you to just talk more about it, is that we're moving into a paradigm, whether it's millennials or we're talking about these power moms, where we really want to figure out ways to lift each other up, to work together to solve problems that could get in the way of our productivity and kind of create this, this community feeling around the fact that we really all do just want to do better with our lives. I think, frankly, it is a message for millennial women, but it's a message for all women. Like, and frankly, I think we should all be more millennial. What I learned from the young women around my table and the young women that I talk to all the time is that what they want above all else is freedom, right? They are ambitious beyond. But the, the ambition is almost a given, right? What they want is freedom, freedom to write their own rules, freedom from FaceTime at the office. It's something I'm sure as a mom, you can understand is like, you just don't want to, or re even have the full capacity to be at the office from eight in the morning until six or seven or eight at night. Right. And the conversation, this idea that we want to work when we want how we want on our own terms and that we want to that we want to achieve and succeed but not sit still 
right? There's nothing worse than sitting still or waiting to be promoted or told it, being told to pipe down or being told that you're entitled. But this idea that millennials are really pushing for freedom, you know, new rules for how we work is making it easier for all of us to have that work-life conversation. Now, the moving up and moving around piece, you know, the, and that's what so often gets labeled as entitled. You know, the fact of the matter is, I tell the young women at my table that sometimes you have to wait, not forever, but like nine months. If your boss says it's not in the strategic plan, it's not in the budget, it's not in the strategic plan, and it's not in the budget. And there are things to learn from sticking it out. However, I also think, you know, that other millennial swipe of disloyal, we have to get over it, right? They'll be loyal to you when you are loyal to them. And that's just not the case these days, right? Businesses are are downsizing and having layoffs and even, you know, startups, everybody, everybody is pressed. And so I don't see a downside for young women to find a new bidder for their talents, right? Say I'm going where I am wanted and needed, and I'm going to figure it out when I get there. I think that kind of bravery that is such a part of this generation that was shaped by the recession is really a phenomenal change that's happening in the world. I agree. I really do agree. And I think that's such a great point. I just want to repeat it, that that desire for freedom and to not be so in one place, in four walls that the millennials are pushing for is ultimately a blessing for those of us that want flexibility and freedom from all generations and particularly working moms. Yeah, particularly. Yeah. There's a couple other big changes that I think millennials are leading. You know, this idea of transparency that very often their bosses think is TMI, right? You're like telling me too much. I don't need to know every detail of your life and you are way oversharing. But that, you know, when it comes to salary transparency, that's going to help us all get closer to equal pay. And you mentioned sisterhood, which is such an important piece of the big life, right? It's such an important piece of what we're creating. We really, this generation is erasing the old idea that women are competitive with each other. Now we're all competitive. We all want to achieve and succeed. But the idea that women are cat fighting or, you know, like super catty with each other, like that idea is disappearing because young women want to help each other achieve and succeed, that they are devoted, that they have these warm networking is no longer like standing around with a glass of wine in one hand and a stack of business cards in the other, that there are dinners like the one I am hosting happening everywhere of women who are devoted to helping each other achieve and succeed and to give each other the tools, right? To have very practical nuts and bolts conversation about what do you need? Here's who I know who can help you get it. That's a great change for all of us. It really is. It really is. And I'm happy to say that, you know, the work I do and the work that so many other women I know are doing are creating exactly those moments. So, you know, to all of you listening out there, if you are wanting to meet other powerful women doing great things, it's out there. It's really out there. There's so much out there now. It's, it's exciting. The dinners that I had around my dining room table, I've actually put together a guide so that everybody can do them and follow the questions. And it's on my website at com. And I would love for everyone to, you know, sort of follow the questions. There's 20 questions, which you, which I never, frankly, you drink too much wine to get to all 20 questions. But you can pick which ones are important to you, right? What, what do you need? What do you and your, your girlfriends need to talk through? I love that. 
So we don't get lost in too many conversations about our little ones, which we, we, I always give room for like a few minutes of conversations on the little ones, but this guide could be a great way of being like, okay, let's get down to the, the real conversation, the real nuts and bolts and what's going on in our lives. Yes. That's awesome. Let's talk about the mess, Anne, shall we? Oh my gosh. Yes. The mess. The mess. What does your mess look like today? Let's see. What's my mess today? I don't know. I felt like I spent a large part of the weekend trying to catch up with something like this, this, and I'll put, I'll put the idea of something, but inside of something was like just so many piles of junk and stuff and mail and emails and food shopping. And almost like this idea that if I could pack my weekend full, then my week would be less messy. And maybe it's a little less messy, but I realize you never feel like you're done. You never feel like you're done. All I wanted to do this weekend was to lie in bed with my kids and watch movies. I just, I felt like I missed them and I didn't get to see them, but I was traveling, promoting the book. And then we have company in town and the kids were like literally bouncing off the walls, literally like jumping around. And then this morning I took my kid, this morning, first thing I woke up and saw that the big life was in the New York Times. So I got to high five for about five minutes. And then I took my kid to register for kindergarten. (laughs) So, and I have not, and as you're looking at me, I have not blown out my hair. I don't have any makeup on. There's, I was, I looked down as I got dressed this morning, there was some bizarro ketchup, maybe stain on my blouse. And yet I'm only confessing these things because you wouldn't, I mean, you would notice the frizzy hair and no makeup, but I wouldn't bring it up and maybe you wouldn't bring it up either. And the day goes on, right? And I'm embracing the fact that like all of those things that were so messy are part of the magic, frankly. They're part of the things that are keeping me moving forward. If I went home and was like, nope, I can't go out without blow drying my hair or putting on makeup, I would miss important things today, right? If I said to my kids, I really only have to focus on work this morning, sorry, then I would have missed this great moment of registering my kid for kindergarten. And so I think that the mess is the momentum that keeps you moving forward. It's the mojo. I say 100% embrace the mess because if you try too hard to clean it up or put it in neat little boxes, you're just going to crush your creativity and you're going to crush the energy and you're going to magnify the anxiety, frankly. I refuse to say the words work-life balance. I do not subscribe to that idea. I think that it's, I think it's not real. I think it makes us feel guilty, like we have to balance out family and life. I think it makes, if you don't have children, I think for all of the women who don't have children, it makes it feel like their lives don't count unless they have kids. And so as much as I want everybody to have work and life, I think they have to go together and they have to hold hands and you have to embrace the mess that they create together. I agree. (laughs) I agree. And I think that for me, I think about taking the mess and trying to simply give myself the tools to establish a different relationship to it, a better relationship to it, so that if I am feeling anxious... I know how to plant my feet on the ground, sit my butt in a chair, and take 10 deep breaths, Mm. you know, and slow my mind down. And I think we sometimes forget that simple moments like that can be the difference between the mess feeling like this thing that we can't wrap our hands around in any way. And and also we miss, like you're saying, the sweet moments. I, I love the idea of being totally cool with whatever we look like and 
on one hand, high-fiving our New York Times moment and then walking our kid to register for, for school. I yeah. mean, I think it's it's a beautiful example of how it can all be in the same day. At the same time. The same <laughs> there, was, I don't think, there wasn't even like, there was. I don't even know if there was a cup of coffee between the two emotions and expressions. Oh my God, I'm in the New York Times. Oh my God, I have to get to school to register my kid, right? It all went together. I do appreciate though what you said about trying to find some moments for yourself and to calm down and having tools. I mean, I like to sneak out for a spin class if I can or some Pilates. Not, And just because I can feel, if I feel a little frantic, right? Everybody gets a little frantic and sometimes you need to like take a breath or put that energy somewhere else or read or, or like have... 45 minutes where you're only thinking about how hard can I pedal this bike? And that matters too. That's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many other things I want to talk about. And, you know, the other thing I just want to say to all of our listeners, Anne's book is really special. It's really beautiful. I know I bought two copies and I gifted it to two millennials in my life. And even though there's so much content in there that I think is applicable to everyone, I felt like I really felt like there was this feeling of I'm giving a gift of knowledge and inspiration to women who are in my life and perhaps a little younger than I am that could really, really use this information. So even if you know, you're know you a mom and you're like, oh, I'm not a millennial, well, wh- who else is in your life that you can lift up? This would be a wonderful gift to those women. Thank you. Yeah, we could keep going, Anne. You have so much insight. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I feel I, the important thing, though, is I think that we all spend our lives trying to get back to that feeling of possibility that you have when you're just beginning to craft your career or when you're just beginning to dream about your possibility in the world, right? That idea of, that you are pure potential. And I never want to lose that feeling, even now at 44 with two kids and like and all of the things that tie you down, right? A husband and a mortgage and and children and responsibilities and bills to pay. But that idea that the world is possible and that you can create exactly what you want in the world, that is a gift that we get from millennial women and that we should all be more millennial in that way. Yeah, you know, another thing that I I just feel like would be our last few minutes, a really interesting thing to kind of talk about. I think that women have been given now at this time so many more opportunities than we ever had. And in that is also an incredible feeling of overwhelm, like that that should concept, like we Mm. should do it all. We should have it all. We should be able to do the book thing and do the mom thing and do the speaking thing and do it all. One of the revelations, I'll just share my own personal little anecdote. And I just have a sense of things to say on this one. And, you know, I too, I'm moving toward the launch of my book in the fall. And I'm starting to think about where I'll be to share that book in the world, in the country, whatever. And I have a little one. And I'm one of those moms that it took me a while to be ready to actually fly away and leave my older child that's just me. And I accept that that's just part of my makeup. And I'm looking now at a few months from now, and I'm not sure whether I'll be ready to leave my baby yet. And it made me feel pretty anxiety ridden that here I am working toward this big moment where I want to share my work with the world, but the mom part of me isn't really sure where I'll be. And I took a really big deep breath and I said, this is my story to create. 
It is my story to create. And I thought about what that meant to me. And I decided that I'm going to bring my family for one week to California. And we're going to go together. And it's going to be my time to seed whatever opportunities. I will bring support so that I can focus on my work. But it took the anxiety out of having to know where I'll be and just choosing how I feel I need it to look for me to be most productive and most real with myself. Now, can everybody do that? Maybe not. But the point was, is that that was my choice to embrace. And I think the reason I bring up that story is that it requires each of us to take a deep breath and a real a real opportunity to know ourselves and to trust ourselves and to love ourselves enough to give ourselves permission to write our own story. And to let go of the shoulds, right? Whatever was holding you back of the way things should be that you saw around the corners and twists and turns and tried to figure out how to make it work for you. That is my message to all young women, to all women, period. Let go of the things you think you should do and do what matters most to you. Exactly. So how are you doing that, Anne? Tell us before we close, like, how is it, how are you doing your big life and how are you being a beyond mom? I mean, you so are, but... You know, I have no idea, to be honest, exactly what comes next from this book, but I am loving the conversations that I'm having with young women. I feel so passionately that the message in this book is one that young women need to hear and that not young women also need to hear. And I also am so thrilled that my kids are just, they're toddlers, but they're just old enough to understand what it is. And they say, look, it's mommy's book. And that is very special to me. And I'm so thrilled to be able to make them proud. And I am sort of embracing the unknown. I'm embracing the adventure of the book and the big life. And that's, that's my big life. That's amazing. So tell us, tell us where we can find you. Tell us where we can find the book and how we can follow you. So annshoquette.com is everything, the hub of everything, A-N-N-S-H-O-K-E-T.com. You can buy the book there. You can sign up for my Badass Babes newsletter. I do a weekly newsletter for my Badass Babes. And I also have a guide for everybody to be able to for everybody to be able to host their own dinners. The book is everywhere, though. The book is at barnesandnoble.com. It's on amazon.com. It's in your Barnes & Noble. Please grab a copy of the book for yourself, for a young woman in your life. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Great. And for all of you listening, I'm so happy that you took some time to listen, whether you are multitasking or sitting quietly and listening. I have a feeling you're probably multitasking, but it's okay. And I'm so glad that you did. And until next time, take care. 